So I don't know if you've paid attention, but he's got a great podcast. So I encourage everyone to subscribe on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts to The Verdict. Give it five stars and write a really nice review and tell your friends to do the same so he can climb the, the podcast charts. And he's also got a really timely new book. And I want to encourage everyone to go to wherever books are sold and buy this book. It's called One Vote Away, How a Single Supreme Court Seat Can Change History. So, Senator Cruz, how important is it that we confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court for law enforcement in our country? Well, it's, it's enormously important. Um, this battle over Judge Barrett, the, the stakes are massive. Uh, we're going to start confirmation hearings on Monday. By the way, I had planned to be there with you in person. I, I wish I were there in person, but unfortunately, I spent the last two weeks on, on COVID quarantine stuck here in D.C., um, I tested negative. I'm not sick. I feel great. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, I encountered someone else who did test positive. And so, so I was, I've been on quarantine for two weeks. And, and so instead of being in Texas, where I would be with Heidi and the girls, where I would be with each of you, I'm, I'm stuck here. Now, I will say I am, I'm wearing what a lot of us have gotten, gotten to know and wear, which is, which is pandemic casual, which is a, a shirt and, and jacket on top and then shorts and slippers down below. I'm not gonna stand up and show you the shorts, but uh, I, I, I will show you the LLB and slippers that I, I've been wearing uh, for quite a while. Um, which I'm usually in boots, the slippers are a different look. Um, Look, the, 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 the Judge Barrett hearings next week are going to be a circus. I think we're going to see Democrats go after her. I think they're going to try to turn it into the kind of fight we had over Justice Kavanaugh. At the end of the day, I don't think they're, they're going to succeed. Um, I think we have the votes, and I believe she will be confirmed by the end of the month uh, before election. You know, Christian, you, you mentioned my new book. Um, as you said, it's called One Vote Away, and, and it just came out last week. And, and, and what it does is it tells each chapter of the book addresses a different constitutional right. And so there's a chapter on free speech, a chapter on religious liberty, a chapter on the Second Amendment. And it, and it takes readers inside and tells them really kind of the inside story of what's going on at the court. It, 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 it tells war stories. You know, before I was in, in the Senate, I was a Supreme Court litigator. So, so that's what I did for a living was argue cases at the Supreme Court. And so this book takes you behind the curtain in terms of what's happening at the court. And there's one chapter in this uh, that is on crime and punishment. And it describes the Supreme Court's cases on crime and, and, and really a pattern that started in the 1960s with Supreme Court justices that, that, that the left decided in the 1960s that it was easier to go to the courts than to fight through the democratic process. That it was much easier to get five unelected lawyers wearing black robes to decree what they wanted 
than it was to go through the messy process of democracy and actually trying to convince their fellow citizens. So when it comes to crime and punishment, we saw starting in the 1960s a series of decisions that put loopholes in place and that created technicalities for criminals to be released and released early. Um, by the way, we saw Kamala Harris in, in the debate with Mike Pence this week where she said one of her proposals is abolish cash bail, uh, which might sound like a great idea until you realize what that means is when a violent criminal is released, when it's captured, when a murderer is captured, a rapist is captured, some other violent criminal is captured, that with no cash bail, they just let them go and, let, and, let, and release them again to hurt more people. That doesn't make communities safer. That doesn't make any sense. And it's the policy agenda of today's Democratic Party, but when it comes to the court, one area where there have been four justices prepared to strike down capital punishment in this country. Now, listen, reasonable minds can disagree on, on whether capital punishment is, is the right approach. The state of Texas takes the position, and I happen to agree with that, that, that for the most egregious crimes, for the most horrible crimes of murder, that the ultimate penalty is appropriate and, and that it is a significant deterrent uh, to murder. Um, and I have to admit, I remember a, a uh, to use a lighter example, a, a Simpsons episode where, where Bart Simpson is playing this video game called Axe Murder, and he's running around murdering people with an axe. And, and, and suddenly he gets caught, and then up on the screen goes, uh, trial in Texas. And Bart goes, oh no, change of venue, change of venue, change of venue. <laughs> And well, it doesn't succeed and it ends with him on the end of a hangman's news. Um, look, I think capital punishment has a very significant deterrent effect. But I also think if you disagree with me, suppose you, you, you think it's a bad idea. Under our constitution, there's a way for us to have this discussion and this argument, which is you go make the, make the argument in the democratically elected legislature. Some states have abolished capital punishment. That's their prerogative. They can determine the right rules. But the left, what they want is five unelected lawyers just to decree no state in the country can have capital punishment. And by the way, for a little over a year in the 1970s, the Supreme Court did just that, struck down capital punishment all across the country. And we're one vote away from there doing the same thing again. And so the stakes in terms of Judge Barrett is when you have a violent criminal, when you have a murderer, when you have a rapist, do you want them put away and put away a long time or do you want judges that are letting criminals go? And by the way, we're seeing this in cities like Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle where these rioters are attacking cops or physically assaulting police officers are getting arrested and then getting released later that day. And the next day they're out there attacking and assaulting the same cops over and over again. It doesn't make any sense that if we want to back the blue, then we need a judicial system that will actually enforce the laws. And when it comes to violent criminals, make sure that they're not, not released early to do violence to, to, to more innocent people. Senator Cruz, do you foresee this defund the police movement continuing in the event that Joe Biden is elected president? You know, I do. Um, 
it's easy to not take it seriously. It, it seems so nutty. It seems so out there that I, that I think a lot of folks, listen, if you look at this election in 2020, I think there, there are some folks who, for whatever reason, may not particularly care for Donald Trump. They don't like some of the things he says. They don't like some of the things he tweets. And so they're thinking, well, maybe I'll vote for Biden, or maybe I just won't vote. There are, there, there are actually quite a few Texans who I'm worried they just might not vote because they don't like the president's tone. And I understand that. He says and tweets some things I'm not crazy about. But I'm not willing to burn the country down. I'm not willing to give up the rule of law. I'm not willing to give up the Bill of Rights and our fundamental liberties because I disagree with a tweet. I mean, that, that is not a rational response. And what we're seeing in the Democratic Party right now is it's being driven by the really hard, angry, radical left. The people driving the Democratic Party are Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and AOC. They're the ones setting the agenda. They're the ones that are, that are setting the agenda for tax policy, which will be massive tax increases for the entire country if these guys win. They're setting the policy for environmental and energy policy, which will be a massive assault on the energy industry and on oil and gas in Texas. Risks millions of high paying jobs in Texas being destroyed if these guys win. And, and it's AOC who's leading the efforts to write Joe Biden's energy policy, which is an unmitigated assault on Texas jobs. Um, it's Beto O'Rourke who's writing his gun policy. And by the way, Beto's the same one who said, damn right, I'll come take your guns. I mean, they're not hiding what they're advocating for. And when it comes to abolishing and defunding the police, So-called mainstream Democrats are terrified to take on the hard left. A few weeks ago, I chaired a hearing in the, in the Senate. I chaired the Constitution Subcommittee of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And the hearing was on Antifa violence and the violence that's occurring on the streets. Seven Democratic senators participated in that hearing. Do you know not a single Democrat was willing to say a single negative word about Antifa or Black Lives Matter or any of the rioters who are committing assaults and, and burning people's homes and businesses. They would not say a word. And the fact that we're seeing this policy manifest, we're seeing jurisdictions do it, not just New York and Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle, but Austin friggin' Texas. This is Austin. Now I get keep Austin weird and it's a great town. I actually lived in Austin a lot of years. It's a beautiful town. But even for the People's Republic of Travis County, that's out there. And that's what they voted to do. And I think that ought to be not just worrisome for the safety of people in Central Texas, but it ought to be worrisome for the whole country because it's a canary in a coal mine. If they're willing to do it now, when they get power, I think it gets more aggressive, more egregious. And I think if, they, if, if the Democrats win, if we wake up, in January of next year with Biden, Schumer, Pelosi. I think we will see more damage done in two years than Obama did in eight years. I also think if they take control, they're gonna gut the military. That part of how they're gonna pay for this massive socialist spending plan is to cut hundreds of billions of dollars from the military. We're in the middle of the biggest military rebuild since Ronald Reagan because under Clinton and Obama, they had done real damage, weakening our readiness. 
I, I think if these guys take control, we will see a fire sale for our active duty military. That's not good for this country either. And it's hand in hand with defunding the police and defunding the military. It's the same radical left that's pushing both. And I think that's really dangerous for national security and for safety to security of our own families and our own homes. Right on. Senator Cruz, in the cities that are defunding the police and taking away their ability to defend themselves, what can we do as citizens and what can Congress do to defend the police and maintain law and order? Well, the biggest thing we can do is use our voices and use our votes. Um, everyone who's there, you know, there used to be a time I remember when it felt like when you're a young person, it's easy to think, well, you know, when I'm older, when I'm in my 30s or 40s or 50s, I'll, I'll, I'll be in a position where I can express my views and have them heard. Um, it's one of the amazing things about technology and social media. Every one of you is a publisher. Every one of you has a megaphone, whether, whether you are 34 or 24 or 13. You have a voice. And, and what I would encourage you all to do is use your voice to speak out for freedom, to share why does it matter to you to defend your freedoms? Why does it matter to you to defend the men and women of law enforcement? Um, make it real. Make it personal. If you can use humor, all the better. Um, I, I think particularly when the other side is so angry. By the way, how many radical leftists does it take to screw in a light bulb? That's not funny! <laughs> just laugh. That's just awesome. Just, just have fun. By the way, it's very hard to deliver that line over a Zoom camera. I've never tried it. It's, it's, it's much There's, easier in person. I wish you could hear everybody laughing. Good, good. It, it, it's, uh, it, it's a little weird sitting at your dining room table trying to talk to folks. But, uh, but, but use your voices. Every one of you, your, you know, frankly, your classmates, your friends, they're more likely to listen to you than they are to me. Uh, now, I'm trying to do things, you know, Christian mentioned uh, my podcast, Verdict. When we launched it in January, it became the number one ranked podcast in the world. Um, the book, One Vote Away, came out last week. This week, it became the number one bestseller on Amazon in the country. That's awesome. So we're, we're, we're reaching people, and part of both the book and, and, and the podcast are frankly trying to give each of you the tools and materials to then convey to your friends. So, you, so if you read the book One Vote Away and you learn some of the details of, of how this impacts your life, that sets you up to be talking with your buddy uh, about why this matters. To be so, so I would say use your voice, use humor, communicate with young people. We've got to get young people engaged in defending your liberty. And then also, we got an election coming up in, in less than a month away. This election, the volatility 
our ability to stop the damage these guys will do if they take over everything is much more limited than our ability to stop them right now. And so this election is a turnout election. You know, historically, there are two kinds of elections. There are persuasion elections where you're aiming for a group of voters in the middle and you're trying to persuade them one way or the other. And there are turnout elections where you're just trying to get your base to come out in big, big numbers. I think this election is a turnout election where <laughs> the hard left, and I don't know, that's somebody calling me. I don't know who that was. Um, the hard left is going to show up in big, big numbers on election day. They are, they are pissed. They hate the president. And, and they're going to crawl over broken glass to vote against him. We should not underestimate just how many people are going to show up to vote against the president because they can't stand him. That means everyone else has to show up. And so I want to encourage the folks here. I promise you, a lot of your friends are planning on staying home. A lot of your friends are planning on not voting. It just, it doesn't seem that serious. It's not that important. What difference does it make? There are other things to do. And, and the difference you can make using your voice and helping drive turnout, getting people to show up and say, look, this stuff matters to me and it should matter to you and here's why you should vote. That makes an enormous difference. And I'd much rather prevent this from happening than be faced with a total left-wing control of the federal government and have to watch as, as they wreak damage on the country and, and the rule of law as a result. Well, Senator Cruz, thank you so much. I wish you could hear all the people clapping and cheering for you. They're standing for you because they love you and they appreciate you. And they're grateful for you. You and guys are awesome and I'm grateful for you and keep fighting and, and truth prevails, liberty prevails and, and, and sunlight beats darkness. And so keep, keep speaking the truth and fighting for liberty and shining the light of truth and, and, and uh, I'm really proud to be shoulder to shoulder with each of you. Thank you, guys. That, that's awesome. Senator Cruz, would it be okay if I prayed for you before you um, take off? Sure. Everybody, let's, let's bow our heads and pray for Senator Cruz together. Father, thank you so much for the influence that you've given Senator Cruz all across America and across the world. You've given him relationships with foreign leaders, and he's got true friendships and relationships to influence. And I pray that you continue to grow that and increase that. Protect his health, protect his family, and, and Heidi and the kids. And, and I pray that you continue to use him in a mighty way as you already have for your purpose, for your glory. I know that you're, you've got so many great more things in store for Senator Cruz, and I cannot wait to see what that is. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his mission and his purpose. Just bless him and use him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, guys. And, and, and God bless. And thank, thank you for standing up for the men and women of law enforcement. It really, really makes a difference. Thank you so much, Senator. God bless you.